Okay, Abby, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, um, well, spring is springing. I hate, I hate that phrase, but um, so the the UFO raspberry Hefeweizen's out. So. Oh, right, that makes sense. Uh, Chaz, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the Cuddy Shark uh, Scotch whiskey. That's what you were drinking last time. That's right. Are you catching on? Yeah. All right. Okay <laughs> then, uh, Jason. I'm drinking the Tokabaga Red Ale from the Cigar City Brewery in Tampa. Yeah. It's delicious. Okay. Paul, what you got? Tonight, I'm drinking a Boulevard Wheat. Oh, right. Good old... That's a, that's a staple. That's a standby. Yeah. It, it was in the refrigerator. <laughs> okay. Let, let, <laughs> me like... see, let me see how well you guys can remember back to the Book of Esther when we first read it. <laughs> I'm drinking Crown Royal. Uh, well, <laughs> if I hadn't listened to the podcast today, then... Oh, you did I that too? Remember. I also did that. I did that. I, I, I we did have the review. We, well, I figured... I drink something with a goat on it. That's all I remember. It's, it's just that, uh, you know, Crown Royal. It, it makes an appearance in the story. And and tonight Wait, we're going... Does it appear in the Greek? It might not be in the Greek. It might not be in the Hebrew. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good question, though. I'll, um, I will Google that somehow. It, it occurred to me too late that we really should have been going off a particular version of the Bible tonight, and that is the NAB, because the NAB is the only Bible I could find that's a good English version that integrates all of the Greek additions to Esther in one book, where it's all, like, one continuous narrative. Oh, I guess you haven't seen the NAB. Oh, does it do that too? Yeah, it prints Esther, and then when you get to the Apocrypha, it prints Esther again with all the additions. Oh, does it put them in a different color or something, so you can tell? Yeah, they're in brackets. Oh, okay, so you can read, like, Masoretic Esther, and then read Septuagint Esther, and read it all in English. And there's also also differences in the... um, In the... In the main Other story, than, yeah. Yeah, in the main text. Like, I very small things. Like, remember, they referred to Han- Haman as, a, like, an Agagite. Mm-hmm. As, like, kind of ethnic slur. Right, they get right. rid of that in Greek editions, because it's so later. They have no idea what an Agagite is, so they just call him the scoundrel. Yeah, they don't know that Agagite means, like, a total asshole who's related to Amalek. So they need to... Mm-hmm change the language a bit. We should, I, I guess we should real quick give an overview of Esther, the whole story, right? Just to give the, the background here. Or how, how are we going to do this? this? This is the first time we've run up across this, say, yeah. this problem where what well, we're please, reading... Please refer, please refer, refer to back the to the Esther podcast. Which Let's is, say a brief outline might be in order. Okay. Yeah. Or just Because even like coming into it Reading, I started out with the the Kindle version, and I, the first thing that I read, I was like, "Wait, this what? doesn't make any sense." Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to go back, and I was like, "Oh, this is supposed to go here. That makes okay. Yeah, I got yeah. it now because it's kind of whenever I it's totally just the story." Okay, so yeah, somebody give give the background. So there's the version that we read before that's in all the Protestant Bibles. That's Esther, the the Protestant version of Esther, which is translated from the Masoretic Hebrew texts, right? Yes. yes. Okay. And the version that we read tonight is the Septuagint version, which has a bunch of additions to it in the Greek. Mm-hmm. Which are not in any Hebrew or Syriac version. Right. 
So we have good reason to believe that they were not part of the original book. But, that said, having gone through the whole Bible over the course of 2011, we learned that much of uh, Isaiah and other books were also layered like that. They'd start out with some layer and they'd get an extra uh, few chapters and then they'd get an extra few chapters on top of that. And so it's not like this is something totally new. It's just that back then it was all happening in Hebrew and we didn't have access to the early manuscripts to know when the layers happened exactly. Yeah, it's like it's it's froze. We have like a snapshot because we happen to have two different traditions that have like it went in two different ways. It went in a Greek direction and it went in other directions. So we have like a snapshot of how the text branched, right? Like speciated. And and not only do we have a snapshot, but we have a live controversy between our Catholic friends and our Protestant friends over whether God inspired the longer version of the book or not. Mm. Our Catholic friends would say, yes. no, no, the entire book is canonical. Our Protestant friends would say with Martin Luther, no, no, it's only the Hebrew bits are canonical. So should we cover Esther and what goes down? So King Xerxes, or however you say it, has a wife who is named Vashti, who is uh, disrespectful, so he ousts her and decides that the logical thing to do if you're king is have everyone bring all of your virgin daughters in front of him, um, and he chooses Esther, who is... Whoa, whoa, I think, okay, you're going a little too okay. quickly. They don't just well, show think... up in front of him. He has them primped oh, yeah. and groomed and perfumed for a whole year, right? and then has sex with them one by one. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're and you haven't mentioned the banquet. It's good to be king, Paul. It's good to be king. <laughs> I thought we were doing the abbreviated version. Ah, I apologize. You're leaving out I'll the expand. most salacious parts. You can leave out everything but those. Well, I figured you'd throw them in, so. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> All banquet. right. So Esther, I guess, is the traditional, you know, hot Hebrew woman that we've read so much about. <laughs> and uh, She's great in bed. Uh, apparently. <laughs> she doesn't need to bring any sex toys from the harem. She just shows yeah. up with nothing but her skills. <laughs> and and is is cousin to Mordecai. Yes. Um who who I guess had some sort of plot to put this whole anyways. So she gets put up um and after this then Mordecai ends up saving the king's life from some people who were plotting to kill him or to assassinate him and um so they hang the two guys that were trying to plot against him. Uh, and then this guy, Haman, shows up, who is the aforementioned Agagite, yes. which is Those some terrible, great deaths. Terrible Agagites. They suck. Yes. So uh, he's this Agagite, and he's really upset with Mordecai, who holds all of his Jewish laws and uh, doesn't, like, worship the emperor, do all of the things that he's supposed to do. And he doesn't so bow to Haman tra- in particular. Yes. Because, uh, you know, Haman's this badass and has his big uh, prog- progression that he get, he trumps around the city and um, obviously Mordecai isn't having anything to do with that. So... No one's going to bow dis- to an Agagite. No, right, No, no self-respecting real. Jew would bow to an Agagite. <laughs> 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 and so... Uh, he decides to try and, well, he, he decides he has a grudge against him and, um, is decided that he's going to plot and try and kill him. And 
has some gallows made and is trying to set up. Uh, was it? Does he go? He goes out. Haman, you know, to... Haman is, is plotting to kill Mordecai. He sets up a seventy-five foot gallows, which is fairly impressive. <laughs> uh, it really, it's what Abby called overkill last time. Yo. Hey, oh, you don't even need a rope at that point. Just If the rope gives, the victim still dies. <laughs> In any case, so the king, the day before, the night before, he wants to go and, and have him killed. The king is having... Uh, Insomnia. Yes. And is going through some old, um, you know, the archives, because that'll, that'll put you to sleep. And, well, he has somebody read them. Podcast style. <laughs> All right, so he's having these things read to him, and he comes across the part where Mordecai, um, you know, saves him from the assassination, and uh, from Big Fan and Teresh, right? And and I guess there was an IOU note stuck on there or something, and they realized they hadn't paid up on it, uh, and so in in this great twist of poetic justice, I guess Haman comes in the next morning. Uh, to want to because he wants to hang Mordecai, and and before he can, you know, state his intentions, and the king is like, "What would you do for this? Uh, you know, how how would you reward this guy who uh, did all of this? You know, saved my life, or how how would you honor somebody who who? Um, yeah, I forget exactly how he phrased it. But he's, he's saying, "How would you honor somebody?" <laughs> Uh, who the king wants to honor, and Haman's like, "That's me, baby," and he, he comes up with all this, <laughs> this glorious ideas. But then, wah, wah, it wasn't Haman; it was actually Mordecai actually more, that right. the king wanted to honor. Yep. So, what Thank a twist! <laughs> oh, the Bible got Shyamalan. Totally. <laughs> so, then what? Then. They have then obviously he gets his reward and they have a big banquet and um, Esther comes out and tells well this Mon is gonna get the whole plot in where there's a plot to kill all the Jews. I was gonna say this first yeah. before any of this, Haman decides that he's uh, obviously been slighted by um, the Jews because of his. Uh, you know, because now that they've elevated Mordecai and given him all of these rewards, uh, he's pretty upset about that. So he decides he wants to kill all the Jews. So Esther, well, Mordecai, I guess, finds out about it. And Esther, uh, who is the king's wife, t- they have this big feast. And Esther uh, tells the king of his plan to kill all of the Jews. Then the king wants to kill Haman and is pleading with Esther to... You know, plead on his part. Well, the, the central part of the story is that Esther pleads her case for the Jewish people, and right. the king says, "Wait a minute! I I didn't know that you were a Jew. I totally changed my mind. Let's not kill them all. Let's save them all." And he, the the king does a one eighty, and Haman, in a wonderful twist of irony, ends up getting hanged on the giant gallows that he'd intended for Mordecai. And there's some weird legal wrangling there about the the proclamation, which we covered in the last one, in the last podcast on Esther. Remember that the whole proclamation to the Medes that could not be rescinded, so the the Jews defend themselves. Oh yeah, we'll we'll see. There's some they make some changes to that. Yes, I, and I think we've done enough overview to Esther now that we can get to 
the additions. And so what do we have in the additions? We have some extra stuff in the Greek. We have an opening prologue, the contents of the decree against the Jews. Um, that was the decree that uh, Haman had written up, right? Yeah. There's uh, some prayers for, for God's... In- what? The, the, but he had it written up in the name of the king, or was it... I thought that was Haman's plan. The Bonner, okay, never mind, never mind. Yeah. Uh, there's prayers for God to intervene that are offered by both Mordecai and Esther. That's an addition. There's an expansion of the scene where Esther goes before the king unsummoned, and she's afraid she's going to get killed, but then he extends after to her. Nothing phallic there. And, uh, <laughs> and that's his way of saying, I, I accept you. And then she does some t- more talking in front of the king. And then there's another decree in favor of the Jews. That's the second decree. And then finally, there's a passage uh, of dream interpretation, which is a little trippy. So I think that's most of the additions, right? And then, then really quickly at the end, there's a little, there's a one verse um, translation thing that name drops Cleopatra. On a on a totally separate note, did you notice that the Greek for bully looks a lot like the English for bully? Really? When is it? It's bouleon. Oh, that's funny. Bouleon, bouleon. I don't. I can't think of a Greek word that looks that much like the English word except for salad. <laughs> in Spanish, it's salada, I think. Yeah, which is almost salada. the same in Greek. In Greek, it's salata or something like that. Anyway, that's what they call Haman instead of calling him an aggregate. They call him a bully. Oh, you know what's funny, though? It doesn't have any semantic connection to the Greeks, just coincidence. I mean, any etymological connection. God, I hope so. But I'm not going to look that up right now, lest we lose our groove. Mm. So, which parts of the additions to Esther do we want to talk about in detail? Well, a quick overview. I don't... Does anyone else's use different words for the characters? Um, different names? Yes. I'm afraid yeah, mine, mine has does. Mardokaius. Yeah, Mar- Mardokaius. I have, I have Mardokaius. Which looks more like Marduk and less like Marduk. Mordecai. Yeah. As, as you mentioned last time, on Marduk and Mordecai, you know? Yeah. Mordecai is. Babylonian god. And then it has Artaxerxes instead of, um, was it just... Xerxes. It? Yeah, Xerxes. What? Or Ahasuerus. Oh. Ahasuerus, yeah. Yeah, this, this so whole... So do you know like, why, Abby? Because this is from, the, it's translated from Greek, so it's translating... Is transliterating the Greek forms of yeah. the Hebrew. It's sort of like how John and Ivan are the same name, you yeah. know, but John and Ivan and don't sound at all alike because the one's a Russian transliteration, the other's English transliteration, and they both go back to Greek. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, or Joshua and Jesus. Yeah, right. Joshua and Jesus and Jesus. Jesus doesn't sound a whole lot a lot like Jesus either. Jesus? Yeah. Well, that's that's like a an English transliteration of a Greek transliteration of a Hebrew word, <laughs> yeah. which was rendered in Aramaic back then. So, never mind. I'm not so, going to get into that. So is that why Nebuchadnezzar is spelled many different ways? Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. 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 No, Nebuchadnezzar. So, I mean, you have to go back to the um, cuneiform, but I'm not doing that. Everyone could do that. I mean, how hard could it be? Well, it's not it. It's not alphabetic, so it'd be pretty difficult. I know. Except the Ugaritic cuneiform, but that's an exception. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, cuneiform's not that hard. I mean, it's compared to Thai. <laughs> <laughs> 
So are yours? Are your um the books that you're using? Is it numbered chapters ten through sixteen? Abby, I'm pretty sure yours isn't because yours is integrated in, in brackets. No, mine. It goes eleven, twelve, one. Because like it numbers the so there's like there's ten chapters to Esther and there's six editions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it starts with eleven. Mine start at chapter ten, verse four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah, that's where mine is. That's why I was like confused. I'm like verse four, chapter. What? Yeah. Well, yeah, we're using I think the King James version of the. Yeah. Uh, so that's where um, Jerome or whoever just stuck them all at the end. Mm-hmm. Not just Jerome, but a number of subsequent translators as well. Mm-hmm. It's funny because the edition starts off with "Then Mardokia said." What? 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 <laughs> That's your cue that something we got to go read the other book. Yeah, and then yeah, I I, I wish I'd have had the any any B like you have Abby or the uh, wait, what's the other one? And NAB. NAB. the NAB uh, New American Bible, both of which integrate the the text of editions into the main text of Esther. Um, that would have been handy, but. I just yeah. kind of had to. I kind of had to pulp fiction it all back in my head, like <laughs> pa- patch it all together. Uh, I, it's out of time sync, and just sort of go back and read the whole thing and patch it all together. Wow. Well, it starts in the middle and then kind of spirals out. Huh. Pulp fiction, not this. Okay, I was like, wait, wait, which <laughs> one are you talking about? <laughs> well, it starts off with a a dream, right? A dream oh. of dragons. Yeah. And it's a pretty Mar- it's a Mar- um, sorry Mordecai's dream, right? Yeah, he's saying God has done these things. For I remember a dream, and it says a little fountain became a river, and there was light, and the sun, and much water. This river is Esther, whom the king married and made queen. I love it when they make it clear what the parable's talking about. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> also, and there's dragons apparently. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah, there's dragons. Haven't you read the Book of Revelation? He's the man. Of course, he's going to be the dragon. Dream. Dreams aren't awesome without dragons. Also, of course, one of the dragons is him. So dragons and dreams. It was. What yeah, did the dragon I, stand for? I don't remember. He says <laughs> one of them's like the strength of God or something, wasn't it? I don't remember. So did um... no the dragons are are I and Amon. Yeah. Who's Amon? Oh, Haman is 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 the the bad guy. Who's the bad guy in in the other translation? Haman. 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 Oh, Haman yeah. is Haman. Okay. It's just that they're not pronouncing the H. Oh. It's Haman, the son of Amath the Agagite. Same guy. Oh, wait. What verse is this? The dragons are. <laughs> the dragons are are Mordecai and Haman. They're like a polar opposite dragons, like blue dragon, red dragon. I can't believe I missed this the first two times I listened to this. One's Godzilla and one's King Ghidorah. It's that whole ch- name change thing is killing me. Yeah, so he's setting up the whole tension, right? Almost between, uh, you know, between Mordecai, who's the the upright Jewish law follower, and Haman, who's trying to eradicate the Jews. Yeah, and whereas I like a story where the good guy is not a dragon, that's not how the stream is going. <laughs> right. We have the nice, um, curvy river. <laughs> True. Well, that's kind of hot. 
Thanks for that, Paul. <laughs> it's curvy and moist. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly that. We did have a lot of fountain metaphors back in the OT. Oh, God. Shit Song did. of Solomon? Holy shit. And Proverbs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Solomon is just kind of a perf. The stuff that's going to stick with me from our year of the Bible is going to freak people out for a long time. Because <laughs> I'm going to be like, you know what? The Bible does this. And they're like, holy shit. Stop it. Just stop it, dude. You know what he means? Feet. He means penis. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be annoying people for years with what I learned in 2011. <laughs> in verse 9, it's a dream, and so of course his nation is the one that has all the good shit done to it. Oh, duh. Or else he wouldn't thing? tell us this dream. <laughs> yeah, if his, if his country lost in his dream... No, thanks. Not important. <laughs> So right. then, he's hanging out with some eunuchs? Yep. Good, good times. I was going to say, I didn't find very much else terribly interesting until the uh, the revised uh, throne room scene. Well, Where does that start? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> Where he extends his, his scepter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Paul, you're such a dirty-minded bastard. That's me? I think that's me? Yeah, I think that's <laughs> Yeah, Damien, didn't you make that joke earlier? What? No. <laughs> yes! No, Chris edited it out. It's not in there. <laughs> oh, God. Thanks. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I was quite caught off guard of the fact that it mentions Ptolemy and Cleopatra. Yeah, I told you. It's no, it's at the 11. beginning. It's at the beginning oh. of chapter 11. Yeah. Would that be Ptolemy Third? Um, whichever one married Cleopatra. I thought Cleopatra was his sister. That's not going to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can so stop you from Cleopatra. So that dates this book to the end of the Roman Republic? Around 114 BC. Do you, do you guys... This is a serious question now. Do you think that Esther should be... Nominated uh, for the list of all-time hotties from history, <laughs> probably right up there with Cleopatra. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> right up there with Florence Nightingale. It, it's chapter fifteen, by the way. The well, chapter fifteen in whatever version it is that we are reading. I'm not sure where it is in Abby's mm. Bible. Nobody okay, this is what goes out. on. Um, it's eleven this? verse one. And it's tagged on the end. Then 11 verse 2 begins the story. Which makes no sense. Oh. Right. They just stuck on the end instead of the beginning. Because, I mean, obviously, this is like... I mean, I assume this is real. It's like, we found this old Jewish book about Purim. Um, let's translate into Greek and add some stuff without telling anyone. Let's put some God references in it. They did add some God references. Yeah. Last time we mentioned that this is a fairly godless book, but not in the Greek as much. Yeah. Last time I listened to the podcast, did I mention at some point that um, Esther was the only book not found in the Dead Sea Scrolls? Or the only book of the Tanakh? That I was going to say, yeah. It's the only book in the Tanakh. You did not mention that last time. The last time we did oh, the book of I Esther, meant... that you did not mention that. 
It's been bugging me for seven months. And now you got it. You got it in finally. <laughs> Chris, don't cut that out. So, I mean, this it's probably because it doesn't mention God. <laughs> there are other books not in the Dead Sea Scrolls, like Jurassic Park. Well, I only have, like, two notes in this whole book, in this whole part of the book, the whole additions to the book. Not, not a whole hell of a lot to it. I, well, I don't know if you guys have, have a whole lot of notes, but one of my uh, favorite things, and I want to I want to try to work this into my uh, everyday English now, is to, to the expression, I abhor it as a menstruous rag. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, which is which is chapter fourteen, verse sixteen, and and it's even it's even done in such a poetic context. She's talking about uh, what's she talking about the um, it's her, like her garments because she's queen and she's like, oh, I hate all this. She's yeah, it's like it's like her symbol of authority. Yeah, like whatever whatever she wore upon her head is a symbol of authority, whether it's a crown or whatever. She abhors it as she would a menstruous rag. How the hell did I miss that? I don't know, man. You weren't paying attention. Or most translations are going to gloss over that. So now, like, whenever somebody says, dude, she's on the rag, I'll be like, well, let me tell you about the Greek version of Esther. (laughs) Where that expression comes from, I presume. Yeah, she does all this stuff in this edition. She she does a whole sackcloth and covers herself in dung. Yeah, I was going to say, that was what... The majority of the notes that I had from this were just this little segment of her going in, like, because it was kind of, I don't know what the word would be, cold, I guess, in the original version that we read. But in this one, she prays before. Do what? Where's, um, where are we when you're doing these notes? Where are they? Right here uh, in the same the same section. Yeah, chapter, chapter 15 in our version. Okay, cool, thanks. She fainted a lot. Right. but So she comes into this throne room, she prays and everything, and then she comes into the throne room, and uh, God changed the spirit of the king into mildness. And, you know, whereas before it's like, oh, is she going to be okay? Oh, look, he put a scepter on her shoulder or whatever it is that he does. And, okay, it's going to be good. But in this one, it's like she comes in and he's like, oh, I love you. And then, like... Oh, okay, here's the scepter thing. Now, now tell me what you need to say. Like, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. It just seemed ruined. So she yeah. was more emotional in her humbling herself before God before she went into the king's chamber. There's a lot of humbling and praying and yeah. fasting, and then she goes into the king's chamber, and it's a more emotional scene in the Greek here too. Basically, the it, uh, it's it's a generally more. Well, it's not. I wouldn't call it emotional because like God like flips a switch. And, yeah, I mean it's kind of like. Lifeless automatons acting out God's plan. The opposite mm. direction of the one on Pharaoh. I would say that God did flip yeah. a switch, and it was in the king's pants. <laughs> he hardened. As Paul, like, as pa- on, as Paul would say, he, did, he didn't harden his heart. <laughs> I feel like I'm more familiar with the book of Esther now. But I don't feel like that the additions changed anything that much? They just sort of expanded on the story? Well, I think they changed a lot. They Okay, tell me about that. Well, they ruined, they add a lot of God talk, which was totally absent in the other one. No, it wasn't totally absent, it was implied. Well, yeah, like, once it was implied. Okay. But... Another difference, I think, um, 
in well, mine mine is chapter sixteen. I don't know what KGB has when they actually give the text of the um the repeal letter, kind of like the amendment that repeals prohibition or whatever, and adds all this stuff. Oh, cool. ooh, Where's it that? makes Haman into a Macedonian. <laughs> That's how you know it's so late. The, you know, Alexander wasn't around. Oh. Okay. So they mentioned the Babylonians, the Persians, the Egyptians during Roman times, and now the Macedonians. That's in <laughs> chapter uh, 16, verse 10. Yeah. This is a clusterfuck of time periods. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the entire proclamation that you speak of is chapter 16 in our version. The great king okay, Artaxerxes yeah, under fun. the princes and governors, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So how would that change things? I mean, now that we have the text of the proclamation, um, how does it change the well, story? I think around where is it? Well, he makes all these weird claims about Haman wanting to like transfer to the Macedonians the so- the sovereignty now held by the Persians. Like he's envisioning like the Macedonians are going to take over Persia. <laughs> but um, the thing it, it doesn't it explicitly repeal the original where's that yeah at 17 you will therefore disregard the letter sent by Haman because we've killed him already and he's bad right whereas before it wasn't a repeal so much it was it was as it empowered the Jews to defend themselves pay no attention to the man behind the curtain yeah (laughs) And so, I mean, this still, it leads to the same war, but I guess they tried to soften it. It's better than, so that first one still stands, but they can defend themselves this time. Well, better better is relative. I think that you have a more uh, entertaining genocide if you go with the original version. (laughs) When the ones being genocided fight back? Well, no, that's not. Well, they still do, but. This one, the people are supposed to disregard the first order to kill all the Jews. So now if they're doing it, they're in the wrong. Unlike before, when when it was okay. Well, as long as it was a Jew that couldn't defend himself well, you're you're good. I just think it makes for a more dramatic story when they they get to defend themselves and then there's a big fight. People like a big fight. Yeah, it was definitely, like, the, the, the Greek editions definitely do nothing but muck up the... The, the story structure. Goddamn Greeks. <laughs> well, not all of them. <laughs> you don't want God to damn all the Greeks? No. <laughs> Although apparently he has. I get, I get the sense they're doing pretty well damning themselves lately. Yeah, they're doing okay there. I don't really want God to damn anybody. Athens no, is long. burning. <laughs> It's just sort of the Greeks' way of saying, we built democracy, and God damn it, we can take it away. Well, they already did. That's what the IMF is. What? So anyway, anyway, Esther. <laughs> Sorry. Esther. No, I, I, I love the last verse in this chapter that just says, if you don't do this, I will burn your shit to the ground. Which one's that? Where's that? Uh, verse 24. Therefore, whatever... Therefore, every city and country whatsoever which not do according to these things shall be destroyed without mercy with fire and sword. 
I thought that's that how every executive proclamation that's ended. Oh. <laughs> I was reading Obama's prayer proclamation the other day. It ended with that same sentence. That's just normal. <laughs> Finally, t- uh, showing some tail. Some backbone, I mean. What? what? <laughs> some tail. <laughs> <not right. laughs> what websites are you looking at, Chaz? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> He's got lots of it, of course. We all know that, that Aman got lots of tail. He had a special house built for oh, that. No, I, like, just, like, I just I just came across this interesting I like passing mention that no archaeologically and historically, no one's really sure um how closely linked the Macedonian culture was with Greek culture. But um Alexander set himself up as like this Greek hero, but was he actually Greek? <gasps> yeah, uh, race is a social construct anyway. It could be. Well, he had the most swords. I know nothing about the Macedonians, so I haven't I haven't gotten there yet in my quest to learn everything. Saying that Macedonians aren't Greek is sort is sort of like saying that uh, Napoleon wasn't French because he's you know. Corsican? Yes, thank you. I mean, come on. Wait, was he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. They killed enough people to be whatever the hell they wanted to be. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so do you guys have anything else to say about the additions to the Book of Esther? Because this is your chance. I got my bloody rag thing in, so... I, 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 do f- I would feel remiss if we didn't talk about how he strangled some eunuchs. <laughs> Oh, I tried talking about Unix, but apparently it makes some people uncomfortable. What? What? <laughs> well, we, we did gloss over it pretty fast, so I wanted to get back to it. In that chapter 12, Mar- Mardokius, or Mordecai, whatever, took his rest in the court with Gabatha and, and Thara, two eunuchs, and he, he found out that they were going to kill, uh, lay their hand upon Artaxerxes. Ah, uh, yeah, there's a plot, yeah. And they were strangled. The king examined him and said, yeah, hang the bastards. By examined, he needs torture. I was going to say, (laughs) examined, there must be something more than just, like, closely looking at their faces. (laughs) No, no, it's just examining. They they only feel like they're drowning. (laughs) Is this this... (laughs) Lie back while I cover you with this towel and examine you. (laughs) Also, Gabatha sounds like a giant (laughs) Japanese monster. So there's probably some poor it's... listener named Gabatha who feels really bad. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Well, then she go fight Godzilla. She goes by Gabby. Give her a break. <laughs> is this the plot that's mentioned later? Is like is the Greek author trying to like add backstory to stuff that's mentioned later? You mean the one that gets mentioned in the chronicles that are being read while the king's trying to fall asleep? Yeah, I think it's the same one. I think it's the same story. It's it's filler, fill in, right? Okay. Well, yeah. where does it show up in the NEB? That should give it away. I took it as filler, as the same story. Where yeah. where where does the story of Gabatha and Thara show up in your NEB? Um. Well, it's when when does he read the paper? They had newspapers back then. 
Well, the, the Chronicles, the scroll. On the crapper, like everyone else. I was going to say, <laughs> on the crapper, where do you read the papers? <laughs> on my iPhone. Well, of course the eunuchs want to kill the king and cut their dicks off. <laughs> that makes sense. That's, I mean, that's a motive for revenge right there. I never saw it from the eunuchs' point of view. It's so elitist of me. Don't they usually make eunuchs because they did something wrong? Like, isn't that usually a punishment? Or do they just do it to random people? I thought it, I thought it was both punishment or, and um, you could do it by choice. I thought it was a hereditary thing. Like, your father was a eunuch, his father was a eunuch. <laughs> you got to do it once. I think you're talking of family name Enoch. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> they were adopted. Yeah, 221 to 23 tells the story about the eunuch. So, yeah, the... um. Uh, the editor was just... I'm going to expand on this story. Like, Note to Chris, we haven't said anything substantive about the Bible in the last... The Bible hasn't given us anything. So starting at the end, you can cut, you can so cut everything. Terrible. It wasn't terrible. It was just... Oh, that's true. It was it's fine. It was just... Yeah, it was right. It was expansions on a book that we already read. Yeah. I, I was thinking What's about sorry? trying to weave this into the one that we already did. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, well, yeah. I thought of that, too. And then Chris sent me hate mail. <laughs> what's, uh... He called me a bully week? in Greek. All right, so next time we're, um... Wisdom... Yep. The Wisdom of Solomon. Yep. Oh, um... Purim's March 7th, I think. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be sure to broadcast this on March 7th. Yeah. 